0: Good evening and welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually people uh, hate going into work on Mondays. I don't. I get super excited when I get to come back, especially after a long weekend because we had a Friday off. We, uh, you know, when I was growing up, everybody had good Friday off. I grew up in the South, though, and at the time when I was a little kid, you couldn't even pump gas on Sundays. I mean, we took our, our Christian, that was the blue laws, if anybody it, it, who's not from the South and doesn't understand... So, you know, we, there was nobody who did any business, no business on a Sunday. Any holiday related to Christianity was observed. That meant schools, everybody, nobody nobody went to work on Good Friday. And uh, so many businesses were still open on Friday and friends of mine had to work and they were all jealous that our station was closed on Friday in observance of Good Friday. But we still, hopefully you guys tuned in and listened to a great show that we had for you, Good Friday. And hopefully you had an amazing weekend. Uh, if Friday was Passover for you and you celebrated that, hopefully it was magical for you as well. And um, we will discuss tonight. It, you know, it was it was difficult. We were coming off of the Notre Dame burning, coming off of finding out that some wackadoo wanted to burn down St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York on Palm Sunday. We had a church in South Carolina that had been uh, defiled by Islamists. We reported after Notre Dame that weeks uh, over weeks, or actually, the, I think in 20, the year 2018 alone, there was over 1,000 attacks on churches in France and and as well as in the Philippines in January, a Catholic cathedral, over 20 people died and about a hundred injured. And since actually since that time we've been reporting on well, this has been an ongoing story. Ongoing story of global jihad against Christians in this country. And so we are going to start today's show by talking about that because you know, we all went to church this weekend, even on the heels of Notre Dame, even on the heels of St. Patrick's Cathedral and everything else. It just outlined, outla- we still went to church on Sundays. Christians did on Easter, not thinking that somebody was going to come in and murder 300 people like happened in Sri, Sri Lanka, 500 injured, and 80-something more blasts happening today. And the, even worse than that, not even worse, but as bad, has been the Democrats' response and we gotta talk about that. And if there's anything on your mind you want to talk about, we're gonna talk about that. We've got to talk about the ridiculousness in the attempts to continue a coup attempt against a free and fairly elected president of the United States. Oh, and we gotta talk about Haltergate. If y'all didn't see on Twitter today what was trending on Haltergate, we gotta talk about that. I mean the insanity is absolutely palpable on the part of the left. On top of the fact we gotta talk we're gonna somehow we gotta work in in the middle of the socialist snatch scam day AKA Earth Day. We got to talk about that as well. I'm curious as to anything that's on your mind, 888 344 1170. That's 888 344 1170. And the man who would take your call, the man who I rely on every day of the year to keep the show rolling, is DJ Carrot Sticks. Wow, it's a carrot.
1: I feel wrinkles on the face. a culty down below.
0: What the what was that, man? <laughs> that was a
2: uh, Japanese carrot song.
0: Oh, the a few ja-
2: wrinkles on his face with a goatee down below.
0: Yeah, well, you kind of got a little goatee brewing there.
2: Yes, there's uh, some hair on my chin.
0: Yeah, hair on your chinny chin chin. Did you have a good Easter?
2: I had a great Easter with my family. I had some good food and and loved seeing my little nephew Duncan play around and stuff. So that's that's the big entertainment around my family anymore. We don't watch movies or play any game or play games ourselves. We just watch Duncan play.
0: Well, I am happy to report, I did play some games Saturday night. I played uh, my family's favorite game of cards called Hand and Foot, and I am proud to tell you I was the winner. And by a large margin, I might add, it wasn't even close. Uh, My nephew Timothy and his fiance Allison came over, and bless her heart, you know, it's a good thing she's pretty and brilliant and is a dual major. (laughs) Because she can't play no cards. Uh, But I had a great weekend. But we got to get serious here because um, somebody did something. At a church that killed 300 people on Easter Sunday. Now, when oh gosh, there's so much to say about this, and you know I have to always try to to you know be as politically correct as possible, um, but also be truthful. And here's the truth: there is a global jihad happening. Christians and Jews have a target on their back, and this is not new. This has been going on for centuries. The Federalist has a great article. Well, let me even backtrack before I get into that. Because immediately after what happened, well, well how do I get into this? Um, after Christchurch happened, when, I don't remember, was it, it was, it was a good number of Muslims that were killed in a mosque. People were horrified. People were extending their grief on behalf, because one of the what is universal that unites us all is is the loss of loved ones and how painful that is. And so, you know, we we responded appropriately. Conservatives did in prayers and thoughts uh, for the innocent Muslims who died that day.
2: Fifty died. That Fifty
0: day. died that day, and I think upwards of a hundred were murdered. And, and I think conservatives responded in the appropriate way. Nobody should nobody should be murdered for their religious beliefs. And you know, our hearts went out to innocent Muslims because we know as conservatives that not all Muslims out there. You know, a part of Islamic Jihad. I think it was absolutely ridiculous for the New Zealand government to then respond with everybody wearing a hijab, Muslim prayers over over the loudspeaker. But, you know, what? if that's what the government wanted to do, uh, fine. What has been the response on the part of the Democrats? With 300 Christians murdered on Easter? They couldn't even, their response, they couldn't even use the word Christian. Their response was basically to double down on what Ilhan Omar said about 9-11. Oh, somebody did something to somebody. No, they were actually referred to as Easter worshipers. What does that even mean? We don't go to We don't worship Easter. What are Easter worshipers? Are those people who go to Easter Island and bow? Because nobody can still, you know, figure out how that was created? Is that what Easter worshipers? Or are those people that worship the Easter bunny? That's ridiculous. And of course, who were the two prominent people that came out with that? It was Obama and Hillary. The same two people after Americans were slaughtered by Muslims in a a preventable terror terror attack because, uh, by the way, Sri Sri Lankan officials were warned in advance and ignored it. Who else was warned in advance? And at least they're admitting it today because Obama and Hillary wouldn't admit it. They refused to admit these two that didn't even have the decency Two people that have been propagating for decades that they were Christians couldn't, didn't even have the decency to use the C word on the part of people who were slaughtered for being Christians. And these are the same two people, by the way, after Benghazi, who refused to admit that it was a terrorist attack that there were warnings of. No, instead, what did they do? And this is really important to remember. What they did was they scapegoated Americans of free speech. They blamed a non-existent movie, a video, that was about Muhammad. They had to turn it around, just like the Democrats did, have done with Ilhan Omar, with her anti-Semitic spewing. They had to turn it around and make Islam the victim. And then even worse, two weeks after Benghazi, Obama went to the United Nations and said, the future does not belong to those who slander the prophet Muhammad. So it's no surprise to me that neither Obama nor Hillary Clinton or Ilhan Omar had the decency to call it out for what it was, an attack on Christians for being Christian. And of course, we had to hear immediately that it was, quote, religious extremism. What is religious extremism? They've done everything they could to avoid the I-word, Islam, and the C-word, Christians, because they don't want us to connect the dots of something that's been happening for decades and centuries and centuries. This is a global jihad on the part of Islamists against Christians and Jews. That's what it is. And the one identity, the, the Democrats have been playing these identity politics games for us on decades now, right? Trying to divide and conquer, divide Americans into identity groups, tell each one of them that they're victims and offer some carrot for, for power. Dividing women, pitting women against men and, uh, and, you know, different minority groups. The one identity group that they're literally throwing under the bus at this point is Christians. And it's for power. Now let me talk about the Federalist. Because they had a great... And uh, my friend Doc Poorman, let me see if I can find this here, um, posted a great article from the Federalist. And I'm going to read it because I think... I I can't say it any better. Those who kill in the name of Islam are part of a worldwide historic ideological and political movement that includes, uh, to various degrees and various reasons, radicalized men and women... Uh, from both factions of the faith, terrorist groups as well as their recruitment and propagandist outfits are often functioning in Islamic regimes which either actively sustain terror, tolerate these groups, or pay them off to engage in terrorism everywhere. The Christians who remain in the Islamic world are often oppressed in other ways. And we talked about this and what happened to the Armenians and what is considered to be the forgotten Holocaust. They were Christians. And, And before they were victims of genocide... In Turkey during World War I, they were subjected to an inferior status, had to pay the dimitude, and then when they said, you know what, we want equality here in this country, they were slaughtered to the tune of 1.5 million. In a number of these nations, the article goes on to say, publicly praying in any faith but Islam is forbidden, and in many, converting to Christianity is still punishable by death. Islamic extremism remains the global, dominant driver of persecution, responsible for initiating oppression and conflict in 35 of the 50 countries on the list, which is according to Open Doors, a worldwide Christian group, which I have quoted frequently. uh, Most recently in in that 900,000 Christians over a 10-year period were slaughtered uh, by Islamists. The idea that a similar threat exists in the West is risable. There's not a single Western country that doesn't afford Muslim citizens the same rights it does as all of the citizens. And no government on earth supports white supremacy. There is no funding infrastructure for those who support white power. There is no Christian or Jewish denomination or any notable political factions in those nations that imbue white supremacy with any theological or ideological legitimacy. There's no white supremacist government trying to obtain nuclear weapons and none sending their terrorists to other countries. In the world's free nations, where any political party can participate in the process, the power of racist groups is minimal. Yet the American left continues to downplay the danger, first by arguing that Islam has nothing to do with Islamic terrorism. Then, this is the important part to recent events, then by lumping every white-skinned person who commits a terrorist act into one imaginary, coherent political movement to contrast against it. It's true that Americans have been spared much Islamic terror since 2002. The article goes on to talk about how, but it's because we've spent billion dollars a year in immense resources, both alive and treasure, to stop it. We need to get more active. We need more money and more resources to stop it. We need, for and one thing that we need to do is not allow Islamists who have lobbied on behalf of ISIS terrorists like Ilhan Omar, who can't tweet out, we know what her ideology is, and by the way, it's important to remember that Islam is a political ideology with a religious component, That and and they and it cannot coexist. It can't be equal. It must be superior, and we see that playing out with the efforts of Ilhan Omar and uh, Tlaib. They have no business being in Congress whatsoever, let alone on a foreign affairs committee. This is a woman who is a terrorist sympathizer and enabler. This is a very real, this is the real threat. And when, what did they do to cover for her? And her anti-Semitism was a hate speech resolution that made Islamophobia the great threat. This is it. We've yet to have 300 people murdered in a church in this country. But at this point, it's only because, by Islamists, but it's only because we've been lucky, honestly, at this point. Because you look at all the terrorist attacks that have happened so far. And we're not doing anything. We've, most of our efforts has, has been to take the fight to the enemy across the world. But when we've got a refugee program in which I've talked about that has brought them here in droves paid for by Paul Ryan. I recently quoted an article that had 10,000 10, from terrorist countries are in this country, known to have been a part of sketchy organizations. And oh, by the way, this, the, the terrorist group in Sri Lanka, they initially, it's some throw feet, throw heat, or whatever organization. They're just one of many, many, many. This, this lone wolf thing, or if it's not part of ISIS, or not wasn't part of Al-Qaeda, it's not really Islamic terror. I, can, I don't even know. There are so many different names for these different groups. What do they all have in common? Islam. And we've got at least 10,000 Islamists that are known to be from terrorist-infested countries, known to be a part of these radical organizations, and they're out there roaming around because ICE isn't allowed to cooperate. We're going to take a break because I'm well past time on a break. Um, we're going to shift gears because we've got to get into some other topics. We've got to talk about the, the latest on the coup attempt against President Trump. We celebrated last week the Mueller report, but you know what? They Wait till you hear some of the recent lies that the left is spewing out there to continue their coup attempt. More Andrea K. Show coming up.
3: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E.
0: You don't know what you don't know. Your assets don't have to be paid off to need an estate plan.
3: better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text VISION11 to 350350. You'll see for
5: free if LASIK is right for you. That's VISION11 to 350350. The Fed announced that they won't be raising rates until at least 2020, so we're back in the threes on a home mortgage. You heard it right. We're back in the threes. Now's the right time to get you into the threes on a 30-year fixed mortgage. Ken Tyler here, president of Right Choice Mortgage, a privately owned direct lender. We stand out in the mortgage business. We've created products that nobody else has, like mortgages for the self-employed starting in the threes. Have you recently filed a bankruptcy, short sale, or foreclosure? Even if you're one day out, we have mortgages starting in the threes. Or how about getting cash out on your investment property so you can buy another one, starting in the fours? Specialty loans go all the way up to $25 million, so bring them big and small. My top agent, Sergio, is standing by at 833-886-3863. That's 833-886-FUND. Make the right choice. We'll get you what you need. Let's update your mortgage today at 833-886-3863. 833-886-FUND. Retroid Mortgage is licensed by the VRA 01943736 NLF 132583 and is an equal opportunity lender.
6: Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt for Liberty Tobacco, San Diego's oldest independent tobacco shop since 1975. They got the walk-in humidor with San Diego's largest display of premium imported cigars. All the top names are there. The stuff that Dennis Prager likes to smoke all the time, and once in a while he'll give me one too. Hundreds of high-grade Briar pipes from Europe's top pipe makers. San Diego's largest assortment of Cavendish and English pipe tobacco. San Diego's only appointed merchant for the much Desired Davidoff Cigar. There's a large smoking room and an outside patio with big screen televisions. There's even wireless internet. Connect to the office. Stay on top of your work right from their lounge and
3: puff away. Liberty Tobacco has two great locations for you to enjoy a great smoke, and we're sure that one of them is close enough for you to come in anytime. Our newest store is just off the 5 Freeway in the Flower Hill Mall at the Via de la Valle exit, and we're still going strong just east of the 805
6: Freeway off Claremont Mesa Boulevard and the Ethan Allen Shopping Center. Easy to reach from all parts of San Diego. Open seven days a week. You can reach them online at www.LibertyTobacco.com. FM 96.1 AM
5: 1170. The answer.
3: You're listening to the Andrea K show on the answer, San Diego.
0: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show, 888-344-1170. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the calculated manipulative deceitful, duplicitous way in which the left continues to attempt to deny the real threat that we face, which is the Islamists that want to destroy us. Islam, the very definition of Islam is conquest. It is about submission. Well, the definition is submission, and it's about conquest. And Nani Darwish told me that many years ago, she wrote a book called Now They Call Me Infidel. And that's really what it's about. And little by little, we are slowly acquiescing. There's two forms in which they want to take us over. One is through the sword or bombs or however, uh, guns, just whatever means, in which trucks that they can drive over people down sidewalks or wherever. And the other way is through taking us over from within, using our, our laws against us, using our good hearts against us and preying upon our political correctness. And, it, and it's death by a thousand cuts and it's happening here. And one of the ways that they're going about it is by refusing to acknowledge it. By acting as though every time there's a terrorist attack, somehow, you know, Muslims, you know, uh, are the victims, even though they're the ones that are perpetrating the attacks. Rick Santorum is the only politician I've ever heard say that we will not win this war on terror until we declare Islam a political ideology. Because only until we declare them a political ideology will we no longer as a country and a government and as a law enforcement entity no longer will we have to afford them religious freedoms that they don't deserve because this is about, this is about a political system. The left knows it's about a political system and that's why they want to partner with them because both of them want a centralized system of power with complete control over its citizens. And both of them and, and both of them are equally duplicitous with it. Uh, I actually think uh, the Islamists are more open and, and upfront about it. You look at what these Democrats have been doing w- with this Mueller investigation and this counterintelligence; it's been nothing but a takeover. Both ideologies, both ideologies, need to destroy the Judeo-Christian principles and foundations of this nation. And that's one reason why they, the, the establishments on both sides, hated President Trump. As Michelle Bachman said last week, he was the most he's the most biblical president she's ever seen in her life. When he talked about making America great again, it was about a restoration of her Judeo-Christian values and principles, which includes our founding fathers in the United States Constitution and what that's all about. So here's the latest. So of course the Mueller Report, the Mueller report did result in no collusion and no obstruction. As I had Sidney Powell on, first of all, there was no collusion whatsoever with the Trump people, with, with President Trump and with his campaign. And oh, by the way, when Comey went to have his meeting with Donald Trump, he lied to President Trump and said, no, you're not a target of the investigation when you can't target the Trump campaign without it being targeting of President Trump. What we also know in terms of the investigation is, okay, well, the Mueller report comes back and says there's no collusion on the part of President Trump or anybody in his campaign. At the same time, they come back and say that Trump did all this stuff to interfere in our election. Why is it, my question is for Barr and the Republicans at this point, is I'm not hearing enough people. I'm hearing, I'm I'm seeing an article today that a former Bush assistant says that the Mueller report makes Obama look look bad, but where's the Republican Party saying this? Where's the Republican Party coming back and saying, hey, wait a second, if Russia did all this, and, and they supposedly did, interfering in our election, it happened under the Obama administration. And according to this Bush, former Bush assistant, He goes on to connect the dots uh, between the Russian interference and what happened, actually happened in 2014 and the launch of the Mueller investigation because we also know that this Mueller report is completely invalid. You cannot investigate Russian interference in the election, which is born out of a counterintelligence investigation, and not investigate and report on what actually caused the start of the, not just the special prosecutor investigation, not just the special prosecution investigation, but the counterintelligence. This is the first guy, this Jenny's guy, who connects the dots. He says in 2016, Obama's national security advisor, Susan Rice, tells her staff to stand down and knock it off when they draw plans to strike back against Russia for their interference. He goes on to say that the reason that Obama went soft on Russia was because he didn't want to upset Putin because of the Iran deal. He needed Putin in his camp. Over the Iran deal. And so ultimately, what this Jennings guy connects the dots to is that ultimately, so what the Obama administration needed at that point was somebody to, a smokescreen, as he says, to avoid blame being focused solely on them and hope to encourage others to aim at another target, then presidential candidate Donald Trump. That goes back to 2016. I'm thinking it went back to 2015 when he came down the escalators. I'm not hearing the Republican Party out in force. No, what we've got is Mitt Romney. Instead of the Republicans coming back and putting it back on Obama, which is where it started, we've got Mitt Romney coming out and attacking my president, President Trump. And then even worse, we've got Nadler, who's continuing... Who uh, who who went uh, actually on a Sunday show and actually propagated a lie? He said that Donald Ju- uh, Trump Jr. was offered stolen information in the meeting in Trump Tower, was which, which is an absolute fabrication. And I'm not hearing anything from the Republican Party talking about that today. Where is the Republican Party on behalf of my president? No, what they're doing is trying to push out his nominees for the Federal Reserve, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But i got to go to the phones. I've got some people waiting uh, to call in here. There's just so many different layers to this in this ongoing coup attempt. Uh, but uh, it looks like Joe is on the phone, Joseph, who's got a weigh in. Hey, Joseph, welcome to the Andre K. Show.
6: How you doing? You know, d- you know, I was listening to these people that talk, and I mean, we have nothing but stupidity for leaders all over the world. I mean, the only power that these individuals have is the power that they have convinced their armies to do for them, their bidding. I mean, we're looking at this, like Islam you were talking about earlier. This dates back from biblical text down to Abraham when he had two sons, one from the Egyptian slave and then one from his wife, Sarah. I mean, please, you know, there's a conflict right there. We knew it was coming in biblical, making two great nations of, of of his offsprings. And one and one hated the other to begin with. So I mean, nothing that's happening today is a surprise to me, to be honest with you.
0: Well, that part. It, well, you're somebody who's educated. You know, part of the problem. We do a, we do weekly segments here on uh, about the education system because the left has done a really good job of changing America and transforming it inch by inch to their Marxist utopian system by hijacking our education systems uh it started out k-12 through and now it's preschool all the way up through colleges and universities and as well as hijacking our media which is our news outlets as well as hollywood and other and other media outlets you control the message and you control minds we're not teaching anybody of course you know we've we took god out of out of our classrooms uh we've you know we've got foot washing stations and all different types of Islamic indoctrination going on in our schools, but we're not teaching anything about uh, our Judeo-Christian principles and values, anything biblical. Uh, we've got, uh, and, and by removing God from our schools and pushing for have God out of society, we've got fewer, fewer families going to church. So a lot of people don't understand that. We're, we are completely indoctrinating since 9-11. Not only are we not educating Americans as to the truth, of Islam, what it's about, what their goal is—we're actually teaching that in that uh, it are in our schools pro-Islamic indoctrination to our children, and that anybody who questions it is a bigot. And to think that all these years after 9/11, Joseph, that we are in a position where we've got we we've got elected officials that can't even acknowledge that it was Christians that were blown up at a church on Easter Sunday—that's astounding to me.
6: Well, I—I I mean, and I and I and I agree with you. But the 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 context here is this dates back even past 9/11. In my opinion, this has just been a slow process of turning it over and being careful not to not to come out you know so strongly as to people that notice this. I mean, look at any anybody that talks about biblical uh, uh, the Bible or goes up to somebody and wants to tell them about God's word. You know, you're a Christian fanatic. That's yeah. just, that's just it. That's a, that's a uh, Satanist terminology to destroy right. Christianity. No one's forcing any of these individuals to sit there and, and, and take it in. God's always given you free will. Right. So it's a free will to accept it or not.
0: You're right. I, I, what I think, nine eleven was an opportunity for us to realize the history and learn what had happened globally since the beginning of time. I've talked, I talked earlier in the show tonight, and I've talked before about the Armenian genocide that our own country, our own government, refuses to acknowledge, which was about wiping Christians out of Turkey. Uh, we, you know, we could go back, you know, centuries and talk about all the different examples. When nine eleven happened on our shore, that was a time for the American people to wake up. You know, uh, the the Democrats allowed the Shah to fall in Iran, which allowed uh, the radicals to take over in Iran. And there's been so many examples um, that long before 9-11 that America really you know, ignored the warning signs. But 9-11 should have waken everybody up. And as Rush Limbaugh said, instead of waking America up to the threat of what they're really about and what they wanted to do to Western civilization, instead we've been apologizing to them ever since. And I blame so much of the progress that they have made in taking us over, I blame on George W. Bush, who was the first to apologize on behalf of them, the first to do these multi- you know, religious ceremonies with bringing in a mom there and and bringing in all these refugees here who cannot assimilate into our culture. They don't want to assimilate into our culture. The moderates that do are irrelevant, as Brigitte Gabriel said, because they're not doing anything to stop it. They're And they're the only ones that can. And so we must now declare them a political ideology and we need to, and we need to not make it acceptable in our country. But I don't know that we've got the will to do that. Joseph, I got to leave it there. Thank you for calling in and take a break. I know that I've got... My buddy, C.V. Burton, who's waiting on the line. We're going to take a quick break. we got more to talk about on the other side of the break. we got to get into a little bit of Earth Day and uh, on, and the great halter scandal. Haltergate. Do you know what that's about, DJ Carrot I
2: have no idea. Well, you probably don't want to it
0: know. Invo- well, you do want to know because it involves a, a certain friend of ours, a well-known economist who's been on the show.
2: They're wearing a halter? Halter <laughs> top?
0: <laughs> no, stay tuned. we got more Andrea Kasher coming up.
3: Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show
5: and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
1: Parents and grandparents, you have the exciting opportunity to send your child to one of San Diego's top private schools for half price. Save tons of money on a great private school for your child or grandchild with the Answer San Diego's Half Price Tuition Program. Listen to Valerie and Jerome. They found the perfect half price tuition school for their son. We checked on your website, came across one that we really, really liked. We got very excited.
5: We looked at God's plan for his life and learned of the opportunity to get a voucher. I knew it would be the perfect fit for him.
1: Right on, Jerome. And Valerie, your son is super happy. He's thrilled. You, too, can get half-price tuition to a top private school for your child or grandchild for the 2019-2020 school year. Now's the time to choose your school. So go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com, see the list of schools in your area, half-price tuition, 2019-2020 school year. Get all the details, choose your school, and
5: schedule a tour. Go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com TheAnswerSanDiego.com Many solar companies send out inexperienced salesmen who aren't qualified to know what to look for when evaluating your home for adding a solar system. This includes evaluating your current electrical panel. Hello, I'm Jesse Keegan with Keegan Electric Solar. Your family deserves the best. As a certified electrical contractor, I'll personally look at your electrical panel and make sure it's solar ready. A lot of homes in San Diego require electrical panel upgrade because of the increase in our overall electrical demands and aging electrical panels. Keegan Electric Solar only installs solar ready electrical panels. Get the job done right. Whether you need trenching to move your electrical panel because of your gas line or just an overhead service from the power pole, Keegan Electric Solar guides you through the electrical panel upgrade process. Call Keegan Electric Solar at 619-742-8376. That's 619-742-8376. Or visit keeganelectricsolar.com.
1: This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. Three liberal academics join forces in an approach to climate change that conservatives should enthusiastically embrace. Led by best-selling author Steven Pinker of Harvard, the professors declare there's only one way to free the world from dependence on coal-burning power plants. We need to go nuclear as quickly as possible. In doing so, we could follow France and Sweden, which now derive 75% of their electricity, from nuclear after crash programs that took just 20 years. Despite fantasies of environmental absolutists, wind and solar can never support the world's energy needs, leaving nuclear as the only clean, safe source of power. Nuclear plants would also drive down energy bills, power more electric vehicles, and create literally millions of new jobs. Instead of the radical and oppressive Green New Deal, Republicans should begin promoting a smart, practical, green nuclear deal. And sweep the election on that basis. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu FM 96.1 AM
3: 1170 The Answer you're listening to somebody who tells it like it is, Andrea K. on the Answer San Diego.
0: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay. I'm sure glad to have you all here with me. Um, but I got to tell you guys, before the show started tonight, I got completely engrossed with this. I don't even know what channel it was, Destination America, with the story of these dopey people that went over Niagara Falls, and uh, they, they kept me. They kept me had. I had some suspense. It was suspenseful. That was the first man and woman that went over and lived. So, you know, insane people. Um, Speaking of New York, though, my buddy C.V. Burton is on the line from New York. He may have even heard of that story. Hey, hey C.V., are you familiar? It was back in the 90s. This couple, some trotter and some woman went over Niagara Falls in a barrel and lived. Hello, C.V. Hello? Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you.
7: Oh, okay. No, I never heard of that.
0: You never heard of it? Well, no. yeah, you know. It, 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 I I thought it was fascinating anyway. I, I've only been in Niagara Falls once and you know to me to, to watch it was was really gripping because do, there was actual footage.
2: Do you know who the first person is to survive? No who? It was a woman. Her name was Annie Edison Taylor. She was a school teacher and on her birthday on October 24th, 1901 became the first person to survive a trip over the Niagara Falls in a barrel.
0: And she wow. all right, good for her. And she didn't even have like oxygen tanks like this other uh, other couple. All just right, the, interesting.
2: Just a barrel, wooden barrel and cotton.
0: All right, so CV, you're not much for of, of a historian for the state of New York. Well, <laughs> what else you got I, on your mind tonight, my friend?
7: <laughs> I can go back 50 years further and cite Abbott and Costello with the Niagara Falls routine. <laughs> Niagara Falls, slowly I turn. All right, what's, what's I, on your mind, I, my friend? Oh, uh, uh, well... A good way to stop Islamic extremism, you know, I kind of agree with Rick Santorum, is to have an international agreement that uh, adhering to Islamic extremism is a crime against humanity, and anybody showing any kind of loyalty to that uh, mindset should be sent to a prison island somewhere. You know, out in the Pacific or something. Well,
0: but and I right, mean, so who's uh, going to pay for that? Gonna... How do you define who, at, you know adhering to that ideology? Uh, that's why I think it's simple. It's more simple to say you know, as as a country, we declared war against communism and Nazism, and I think we need to, to we need to to say that that the the political ideology of Islamism is not acceptable to our country. We're not going to adhere to it in any way. We are not going to we are not going to submit to any aspect of it. We need to have the federal government say that there will be no aspect of sharia that will ever be considered in our courts. There was a time mm-hmm. in which 20 something courts actually allowed and considered sharia. In the past few years, I think in 2015 alone, allowed for Sharia to be considered in our courts. We are being taken over and destroyed from within. And to me, that's the only viable way to do it. And, it's, and Richard Pearl was taken off of an investigation in mosques that he believes could have allowed him ahead. he been kept on it to stop the San Bernardino massacre. The mosque here in San Diego and others around the country have been a part of every terrorist attack. We are teaching and and I also recently did a story with my friend Robert Walters playing the audio tape of a woman back in the 80s in 88 declaring that the goal is to transform America into an Islamic state. There is no assimilation. There is no coexistence. That is their goal. They've declared it. We need to declare that we're not going to allow it to happen and and have it be legislated as such Um, The latest on the Mueller report, I'm curious on that because I don't know if you've heard today that Nadler, the same dude who went uh, before on uh, Meet the Press on Sunday and lied, flat out falsely accused Donald Trump Jr. of meeting to receive stolen information on Hillary Clinton. That's a flat out lie. He's issued a subpoena today to bring in this guy, Don McGahn. Don McGahn, who reportedly said that President Trump wanted him to fire Mueller. Well, but you and I both know, C.V. Burton, conversations are are not illegal. He didn't do anything wrong. It wouldn't have been wrong or illegal or obstruction if he had fired Mueller, but he didn't. There's no obstruction here. On top of it, John Dowd, former Trump attorney, says it never happened, that that's a lie. Uh, You know... uh, Is, is this, do you think that it's good that this is, that now there's going here, McGahn might come forward, they're bringing Mueller forward. Do you think that this ongoing coup attempt could actually end up helping us in the long run by forcing uh, the, the truth to be revealed? Or are we just continuing, uh, you know, in a dangerous path for Trump?
7: Well, let them try to bring impeachment against this president. They'll never achieve it, number one. And number two, it'll just hurt them in the next election really, really badly. If not, you know, <laughs> end the party in, uh, in some real ways. But um, the thing is, you know, Hillary, the Hillary campaign, uh, colluded with Russia. They colluded with Russia to get dirt, fake dirt, on Trump. And then they had it pushed into the FBI through John McCain. Who uh, and then after that, it was like, you know, uh, they got FISA warrants to spy on our president. That is the that is the real collusion story right there. Well, yeah,
0: and it, and and the former Bush advisor Jennings says it it, it actually goes back. This was all. Uh, I, I, all initially concocted they needed A smokescreen to cover up for Obama And his ties and what he was doing And the reason why he didn't do anything to stop Russia's interference so I think – and and it was the Obama campaign that actually put over a million dollars into Fusion GPS, who then, through Perkins Coy, I think it was coordinated with Obama and Hillary. I think it was about oh, – yeah. I, so I think it. I think it's multi-pronged. Yeah. I, uh, so, yeah, they, they obviously – Mueller was nothing but a hack. Trump actually, mm-hmm. in my opinion, should have fired him, knowing that they're under the right to because he's Comey's best friend. You cannot have any legitimate – investigation of the fbi and the doj russian interference the counterintelligence operation that happened under comey by comey's best friend and it came out and it's clear when he's got a report that doesn't ever mention fusion gps only mentions only mentions the dossier in passing it's a footnote that says that the dossier was crap and lies and smears and i don't know at this point that we're, that the rightful people are going to ever be held accountable because it goes all the way to the Obama White House, and it includes right. Hillary Clinton. And oh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I do think that it set Trump up for a win, but ultimately it's not a win for the United States of America, C.V., no. if we've got an FBI and a DOJ that's been allowed to launch a coup attempt against a free and fairly elected president. Final
7: thought. Well, they never should have released the uh – the Mueller report in the first place. I mean, they should. When Mueller found nothing, that book was closed. Right. Nothing. No more cooperation should be given to these coup attempters, these these demon rats, whatever you want to call them. No cooperation anymore. We should not. That's a good point. Any any kind of cooperation with them, they could subpoena all they want. Screw them. They failed. They found nothing. End of story, book closed.
0: I really, that's an excellent point because, you know, Barr came across as this straight-shooting tough guy, uh, but we actually need somebody that's more... Fighter on behalf of this country versus a straight guy down the middle. We needed somebody to say, you know what? I don't have to give this out to you, and so I'm not going yeah. to give it out. Particularly when the ten items that supposedly had to do with obstruction were a bunch of crap and a bunch of nonsense. There was no yeah. obstruction. Now they're gonna. Now they're gonna use it as an excuse to bring McGann forward. It was attorney-client privilege. It's not obstruction. There was no a- obstruction. Is in the form of an action, not a conversation. If Trump really Wanted to fire Mueller, he would have fired Mueller. He didn't need McGahn yeah. to do it. If he felt like he needed a henchman to do it, he could have fired McGann and replaced McGahn with somebody who would do it. And on top yeah. of it, I think they've cooperated too much. They've cooperated too yeah. much. As as John Dowd said, we've given every. They use no executive privilege at any point. They gave over every yeah. document. Uh, no they redactions. made every, every doc. They made no redactions. They made every senior official available. Now they've put out a report out there that's being spun and spun and spun, and, spun and it's only all it's done is further and continue the coup attempt i think you're absolutely right you're the only one who's mentioned that
7: they've taken enough oxygen out of the room and wasted enough time as it is just ignore them and true trump has uh filed a lawsuit against them for trying to dig into his taxes no more and enough already good fight point. back
0: good point absolutely good point cv burton thank you for being here cv's got a great uh, show called freedom on deck on sunday check him out thanks for being here all That's right. We're when we're we're, we're going to take a break. We come back. We got to talk the socialist scam day or I.E. Earth Day and then also Haltergate. and the time that we have left, don't go anywhere, Mariandry Keshaw. Come on. Right.
8: Don't we all wish we had more energy throughout the day? Larry Elder here. More than that quick caffeine kick or sugar rush. We may turn to energy products that aren't healthy or caffeine that stimulates but could also have negative effects. And even when we try to add healthy superfoods to our diet, our body sometimes needs more than the food can provide. So how can you make more of your efforts to be healthier? Drink superbeets every day as I do. One teaspoon of superbeets, the recommended daily serving, provides the equivalent of three whole beets for increased energy and stamina all day long. If you want to have a heart-healthy energy, give your body what it needs and start drinking Super Beats every day. Call 800-996-3406 or go to ElderBeats.com and find out how to get a free 30-day supply, indicator testing strips to show how it's working, and free shipping with your first purchase. Call 800-996-3406, 800-996-3406, or go to ElderBeats.com today. FM 96.1 AM
5: 1170. The answer.
8: AK dynamite
3: and address or just Andrea K whatever you call her. She's on the answer. San Diego.
0: Welcome back to uh, tonight's Andrea K show. Okay. So a certain man, a certain friend of the Andrea K show was, was uh, asked about uh, in a, and he were mentioned in a 2002 column uh how what changes he would make to march madness to make it any better and he said that he would get rid of the un-american aspects of it the first rule proposed by him was no women he goes on to say here's the rule change i propose no more women refs no women announcers no women beer vendors no women anything he wrote in march 2002 there is of course an exception to this rule (laughs) <laughs> Women are permitted to participate if and only if they look like Bonnie Bernstein. The fact that Bonnie knows nothing about basketball is entirely irrelevant. Uh, at, at, he later wrote that Bernstein, a CBS sports journalist at the time, should wear halter tops. <laughs> These comments surfaced today because uh, Stephen Moore has been nominated. Stephen Moore has been on the Andrea K Show a couple times, famed economist, and guy with a great sense of humor was nominated by President Trump to be on the Federal Reserve. And so these, after Herman Cain withdrew his name from nomination today, then these came out, these comments about Stephen Moore came out, and I was asked on a TV show about, Andrea, what do you think about these comments today? You must be horrified as a woman. And I thought, I laughed. To me, it was like exactly how a dude, I'm like, you know what? Gee, what a shock, I said. A dude thinks a cute girl... Would look good in a halter top, and he'd like to see that if she's going to report on sports. DJ Carrot Sticks, and you're trying to like not jump in here. Well,
2: his quote was, "No women should be involved in men's sports unless they're hot,"
4: okay. and that's
2: kind of was the rule for a very long time. I mean, there wasn't sideline commentators that weren't attractive until, I mean, maybe the last decade or so. Yeah, There's and let's of be honest, type would thing.
0: would Erin Andrews be where she is if she looked like Hillary Clinton? Can we be honest? She'd
2: be covering curling up in Canada.
0: <laughs> you said it, I did Well, no, actually, I mean, come on, let's be honest. And I got to tell you, as a woman and a former recovering NFL fanatic, I'm not interested in Michelle Tafoya or any of these women on the sidelines. I want to hear a dude commentating on the sport preferably one who paid it, played it at some point. That's really what I want to hear. And if I and if I and I don't watch the NBA, but if I were to watch the NBA, I would want a guy on the sideline reporting who played it at some point, at least in high school or college. I don't want to see a woman on this. And then he also made some comments, uh, like why can't men have some place in their life, which was really his ultimate point, to where they can go without women, just kind of like your own little sanctuary. And I was like, you know what? That's so resonated with me because you know what? I come from a sorority. He even said, at what point? What's next? You know, girls in combat? He's like, oh yeah, we got that. You know, and he was being fac- he was joking and being facetious, but I actually think he had a good point. You know what? I came from sororities. And, you know, I, we had no guys at all in the house unless it was a special event in which they were invited. And I can remember it coming up, well, well, should we have guys waiting on us in the dining hall? No! Girls only. Can we have a girls only area to where we don't have to deal with boys and deal with any of the male stuff? This is our little sanctuary and our little piece of the world. Stay out of it.
2: Well, if Stephen Moore doesn't want to be around women, he can. He should take up uh, Dungeons and Dragons.
0: What, is that where you guys do your thing? Like role-playing. Oh, (laughs) There's no girls there. Oh, there's not? No. Yeah, I mean, this is, and and another thing is, he made these comments 18 years ago. This is just more the same play of, they're trying to Kavanaugh him, dragging up crap from 18 years ago that they can derail or destroy him. But, oh, by the way, if you're going to do that, then you Democrats need to go and yank Governor Northam out of his office, Because Stephen Moore did not go out of his way to post a pic of himself 18 years ago in blackface or a hood. But but if you're really going to dig up stuff about somebody and think that they should be derailed, let's also talk about from North Carolina, Justin Fairfax, who has credible rape allegations against him. But the Democrats are okay with that. But you know who's even worse in this story to me is not even about Stephen Moore. This was revealed today because Herman Cain withdrew his nomination. Why did Herman Cain withdraw his nomination? Because four Republicans... Herman Cain was also a name floated nominated for the Federal Reserve Board. Herman Cain withdrew his nomination because four Republicans said that they would not vote for him because of sexual harassment allegations stemming from 2012, which later were reported to be false. Those women were hired by David Axelrod to come out of the woodwork. Sure enough, once Herman Cain was caned and run off, those women went back into the woodwork. Same thing that happened to Justice Roy Moore, Judge Roy Moore down in Alabama. Stephen Moore and absolutely nothing that he said has anything at all to do with his economic policy and whether or not he should serve in the Federal Reserve. And you women out there that have a problem. So I, I, I somehow end, oh I, I somehow ended up tweeting Bonnie Bernstein. Oh, I saw. And so I tweeted to her something. She said some quote about maybe Stephen Moore just needed to listen if he wanted to hear to be hear some hoops knowledge. And I said, well, maybe he just, you know, didn't hear anything from you he thought was worth listening to. So then she said to me, hey, dynamite and address. Would you ever broadcast in a halter? And I said, you know, hey, girl, check out my pick. You know, that's me in a halter. (laughs) your powers of observation ain't so good, which I would kind of think that you would need to be observant to report on sports. I hadn't heard back from Ms. Bonnie Bernstein. And oh, by the way... I, uh, my favorite headshot is me in a halter. It's my profile pic on Facebook. And I've never been offended by anybody liking the way I looked in a halter's top. Nobody has ever made me uh, feel as though my looks were in any way or anything I ever wore in any way, impeded my ability to communicate, impeded my persuasiveness, or made me feel less than respected. At any point in corporate America or anything that I've done in the media, that's nonsense. Too many of you women out there need to lighten up and PDQ. As for Mother Earth and Earth Day, I ain't even going to acknowledge AOC. As I've said before, with their Green New Deal and de Blasio saying we can't have skyscrapers anymore. It's all a bunch of socialist snatch-grab crap, and we should not even validate it with any further argument or discussion. So that's all I'm going to say on that subject. But I got more tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks to my callers. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. AK out to go put on a halter.